This segment of the show is brought to you by the PGA Tour Superstore. See why golfers everywhere are proud to call PGA Tour Superstore their golf pro shop. Visit them online at pgasuperstore.com. Now, back to you, Chris. And now joining me on the French Lick Resort guest line is Rhonda Ferguson. Let me give you some background on Rhonda. She is from Tampa, Florida. Played her college golf at the University of Florida, where she also earned her B.A. in English. She is a PGA and LPGA Class A teaching professional. She's been the Director of Sales, Marketing, and Membership at the Country Club of Orange Park down in Orange Park, Florida. She's been a teaching professional at San Jose Country Club in Jacksonville. She is currently a Tournament Director for the Northern Florida Girls Golf as well as being the owner and general manager of Riverbend Golf Links in Jacksonville. And here are just you know some of the awards that Rhonda has won or been recognized for recently. She won the 2017 North Florida PGA Northern Chapter Player Development Award. She was the 2017 Honorable Mention for U.S. Kids Top 50 National Instructor. She received the 2016 North Florida PGA Northern Chapter and North Florida Section Youth Player Development Award. And she was a 2013 PGA Junior League Captain of the Year finalist. And I am honored that she is here with me tonight on Next on the Tee. Hey, Rhonda, thanks for coming on the show. Thanks for having me, Chris. So, uh, Rhonda, I want to start by going all the way back to the beginning with you. As, as a kid growing up in Tampa, when did you first start playing golf? And who was the first person to put a golf club in your hands? Well, it's kind of um, interesting that you asked that question because I did not start playing until I was a freshman in high school. And wow. the person that, yeah, I, I played, started playing at 15, and I ended up playing at Florida four years later, and we had just won the national championships back-to-back a few years before that. So I was very fortunate to play. And um, Roger Maris' son, Kevin Maris, was the one that uh, taught me to play at Downing Gainesville. Really? It really. So I used to play wow. golf with um, Roger before he got sick. So yeah, Kevin's uh, still a friend to this day, and I, you know, owe everything to him for for teaching me the game. So that that's an amazing story on many levels. But you know, just to think that you didn't pick up a golf club until you're 15, and four years later you're playing on a national championship level golf team. Uh, you know, a natural, obviously, right? You you pick up a golf club. So tell me. First time you play, what'd you shoot? Oh, I, I'm not sure I could count that high. <laughs> I, I don't. Well, you must have taken it to to it pretty quickly. <laughs> well, I um, you know, it was interesting because I played tennis, I played soccer, and all the years of um, playing different sports and and teaching, I found so many good golfers. The correlation between that they played soccer in their youth, or even as an adult. So I guess the hand-eye coordination, um, somehow that that fits in with the golf. And uh, I I played, actually, I was, I wanted to play at the college level, um, but back then they only had Division three schools, and Florida only had rec teams for soccer. So that was kind of my first sport of choice, but then kind of fell into golf, and that's my passion and has been lifelong since then. So, Rhonda, was there an, an event or in a moment in time when you said to yourself, you said to yourself, you know what, I'm actually pretty good at this. I might want to focus on golf. 
Yeah, there there was. Um, you know, in golf, you always want to set goal, goals, and that's what I always try to teach my students. You don't want to play against other people. You just want to set a goal, compete against yourself, because, you know, nobody, not everyone can go out and be a LPGA or PGA Tour player, and when we try to accomplish that, you just get frustrated. So I actually had goals that I set as an amateur, and I accomplished all those goals, and I won a state championship. And said, you know, I've done everything that I've done as an amateur, and now I love the game. I love to help people learn the game, and that's when I decided to turn professional, um, compete competitively, and um, get my Class A on the PGA and LPGA side. So going back to your time at Florida, Rhonda, with with so many really good golf programs, obviously, you know, throughout the state of Florida and, you know, in the southeast, right? Why Florida? Why the University of Florida? I've always been a Gator, so um, my family's been Gators, and so that was just the the first choice. And it's a great school, and it's been I've been it was a great experience, and I'll look back at it. And I still have friends to this day. My teammates are still friends, even the ones that I visit in China. <laughs> <laughs> so when you're looking back at it, what what's your favorite memory from being a Lady Gator? Oh gosh, I, you know, we just, the friendship, the lifelong friendship. So we always had a really good time together as a team. Um, I recently just, just played again with, um, a teammate in a pro-am. She's still an amateur and, you know, we sit back and laugh about all the crazy things we did as college students and, you know, the golfers on the back then, we weren't exactly the, the real studious you know, gung ho, we were kind of like, Hey, we just, we want to enjoy this. We want to enjoy college and we want to have a good time. So it was, it was just a great experience. We had more of a time. Um, our team was very close. So it, it was just the point of building lifelong friendships that are, are still there to date. And Rhonda, you've, you've had a lot of success in the game, particularly, you know, when you were younger there, you know, going through college and the things that you achieved in the state championship and all of those things. What made you decide to be a teaching professional as opposed to potentially turning pro? Um, I just, at, at my age, I, I waited quite some time. And so in that, Unless you're young now and you're right out of college and you you work really hard because the game is is at a much higher level I think now with um, the ability and the fitness and everything involved now on the tours that I knew that I I really didn't have the opportunity to do that so I mean my goal still is to play in in some legends events and I still play competitively in our PGA and LPGA teaching professional tournaments but. I think at this point, it's just my passion for helping people learn the game and enjoy it. And Rhonda, for, for our listeners who don't know what the Class A designation means, plus what it takes to be a Class A teaching professional, talk about what you had to do and what you had to go through to get that designation. Sure. It's, uh, it's basically a college degree. So it's like anything else. If you're a, a doctor or a lawyer, I mean, you, you can't just go out and say, hey, I'm a doctor. <laughs> so it, it's going through a tremendous amount of education and training and uh, real-life work experiences. So all that put together, and, and we still have to maintain ongoing education and, um, and community service, and that's what's great about it. It's just something as a, as a 
teaching professional that you can keep learning. And that's what we do. Like next week when we go to the PGA show for the week, we'll, we'll all get together, you know, thousands and thousands of professionals. And it, it's more of a, hey, you know, what are you doing at your club? Or or what did you teach here? And how can we make it better? So it's, it's just a, it's a great um, organization, both. And I feel very fortunate to be a part of PGA and LPGA. I, I know there's approximately... Gosh, there's only a couple hundred of us that are dual members. So it's just been very interesting between the two, between the PGA and LPGA, and and learning how each organization operates differently, yet there's so many congruent um, things together that that you can learn from and, and the different people. And talk about the education part. What What is the ongoing education mm-hmm. piece? Um, You know, we have... We have coaching summits. We have um, just marketing classes. We have, you know, the the main thing now that's big in the PGA and LPGA is diversity and inclusion. So we have speakers that, you know, we're we're really trying to open up the golf world to to everyone. And that's always been my goal is for every person, regardless of um, age, race, income level to be able to play golf and enjoy it because, um, as you probably know, the, the biggest two, um, reasons why people don't play golf is financial and time. So I, I think that's important that we, we open up those areas of diversity and inclusion so that everyone can learn and enjoy the sport. And Rhonda, when, when you're working with younger players, I'm really curious to get mm-hmm. your thoughts. How do you keep young players interested in coming back to to practice and play versus you know what so many kids do is sit at home and play video games well we we make it fun so uh, kind of our 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 quote at our golf course is make golf fun again and that's a friend of mine lot kyle he is a uh, trademark that believe it or not and that's what we try to do we 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 make things to where all of our clinics and camps and, and all of our programs, even with our girls golf program, are not for profit that we have events all throughout the area. Kids are learning, but they don't know they're learning. So it's almost like you said, like a video game, but it's real life. They're, they're playing golf. So we'll, we'll make it fun with games like golf baseball and tic-tac-toe putting and, and billiards putting and, and just all different things to where they're they're thinking, you know what, this is kind of cool. This is fun. This is this is not like mom and dad are making me do this. So uh-huh. I, I think that's the key that you've got to make it fun for the kids. And and you do a lot of work with with tournaments, as I mentioned in your intro. You're tournament director mm-hmm. for Northern Florida Girls Golf. When when you're talking to girls and you're teaching girls and, and, and girls playing in these tournaments, how do you how do you help them handle tournament pressure for the first time? Well, my theory, whether it, it's young young children or adults, um, I think the main thing for pressure is that golf is fun, um, enjoy it. It's a sport, and go out and hit one shot at a time. And that's the key. When you stand on the first tee, you just want to hit one shot. And you're going to have a bad hole. You're going to have a bad shot. It doesn't matter who you are. Every single person that plays the sport, that happens. So, you know, perfect example. The other day, I, I was playing in an event and finished the round. And the group I was playing with said, hey, you know, nice round. I'm like, oh, wow, what did I shoot? I, I don't know. 
because I, I hit one shot at a time and then you add it up at the end because to be honest, it's, it is what it is, right? <laughs> I mean, you can't take it back. So the more we stay in the moment and the more we enjoy the moment and just play one shot at a time and that, and that's everyone. I'm like, you know what? Go out there, have fun. Don't worry about what everybody else is doing. Hit one shot at a time and then add it up in the end and it is what it is. <laughs> So to that point, right, and that's and that's a great thought, you know, because to what you said earlier, we all have a bad hole, we all have a bad shot, you know. For kids that, that may not have the, you know, the patience or they get down on themselves, how do you teach them to put the the bad swing or the bad hole behind themselves so that it doesn't end up being a string of bad holes? Well, I I think a lot of it has to do with different levels. I mean, I, I have. I teach different, I teach different levels. So when you're working with kids that are just beginners or, or slightly in an intermediate that aren't at that tournament level yet, you, you just want to keep promoting that it's fun, it happens. And then, you know, maybe I'll hit a couple shots purposely where I'm like, Oh, look, I just hit it in the water. And then they're like, well, okay, if she can do that, then I don't feel so bad. And then when you get to the tournament level, I think the most important thing is that the, the parents, I've seen it too many times is, don't put too much pressure on your children, especially when they're young, because they're end up, they'll end up not enjoying the sport. So I, I think the key still is just don't let things bother you. Go out and have a good time. All you got to do is focus on the few seconds that you have to execute the shot. Just go out there, do your best, have fun. And then at the end of the day, you know what? It's just a game. That's what it is for the kids, and that's what I try to tell them. I mean, and even the parents, I'm like, you know what? I've had to have many talks with them. I'm like, I, your child is not going to enjoy this game if you keep saying, why did you do that? Why did you hit a bad shot? I mean, they're kids. you got to let them be kids, and I think that's the most important thing. Rhonda, on the on the lady side, what what are what are some of the mm-hmm. things that you're either doing or you're involved with that try to help bring more women into the game of golf? Um, you know, on some of the committees in our section level that I'm involved with, that's, they're really working hard. And, and, you know, I give the PGA credit now. They, they understand that, you know, this is, this is important that we're losing a lot of golfers. We're not getting more golfers. So we need to really focus on women. And for me, what I've always done is that I want to put myself out there. So I compete in all of our events. And as you know, talking to people and another PGA professional that, you know, a lot of these guys still play in tour events, whether it's on the champions or PGA tour. And, and I'm competing against these guys. I'm not playing the same tees, but I'm out there and, and I want to show all these women that, Hey, just get out there and do it. You know, you can do it. You can play. Don't be intimidated. And I think that's always been a big factor is that, that women are intimidated. So I, I try to do a lot of things. We just had a boot camp on Saturday for women. We had a full day of, hey, we're going to get out there. It's freezing out, but we're going to have fun and we're going to do drills. And, and most of them are beginners. And we just we want to make it not intimidating. We want to just have fun drills that they can do as partners. And I think that's important, too, is to – um a lot of ladies like to partner up. They don't want to feel intimidated. They don't want to feel like it's real competitive when they're starting. And, you know, you do obviously have some ladies that are very competitive. I mean, obviously, I'm competitive. A lot of my friends are. But when they're starting out, I think that's important that a lot of these ladies, they just want to get out there and feel comfortable. And that's that's the key is just being comfortable, 
And starting from the beginning with like our get golf ready for ladies classes, you know, it's strictly for ladies so that they don't have to be intimidated by anybody. And, um, you know, because a lot of them say, well, this is a stupid question. You know, what is a shaft? What is a grip? Well, it's not a stupid question, but, you know, around some of the men, they might think, well, gosh, they just think I'm a dummy. <laughs> and so I think it's important just to comfort level. Rhonda, you're also the owner and general manager of River Bend Golf Links there in Jacksonville. Talk about your golf course. Um, you know, it's a great place. It's a public course. It's been around since 1950, and um, it, it's a almost like a Donald Ross. It's small green and it's just um, very casual. Our kind of our, our kind of uh, what's the word I'm looking for that we, our creed is that no dress code, no tea times, just come have fun. So once again, it's back to that, Hey, make it fun, make it casual. You know, just, you don't have to worry about what you're wearing. Just come have a good time. Um, the previous owners didn't really do a lot. I just took over in May. So they didn't have leagues. They didn't have events. Um, they just had three play days. There was no pro shop per se. So we've made uh, quite a few changes in the past seven months just to make it more enticing and, um, in the area. It's just a small, small town outside of um, Jacksonville. And it's mainly retirees, um, a lot of snowbirds. Uh, except for right now where it's almost snowing here. So <laughs> it's, it's not been conducive to play. Um, yeah, it's just a neat little course, neat little public course. So it, it is. That's, that's a very interesting approach, right, the, particularly the no dress code, right? That's not something that you, you typically see at, at golf courses, you know, public or not. So uh, curious to get, you know, how has that gone over? How How is, you know, if you look back and you said you've you know, been there less than a year, but if you look at, the, you know, play historically versus the changes you have made, what, what's been the impact on the amount of play you've gotten? Well, I think we've uh, dramatically increased the play um, just through word of mouth because we do uh, we consider ourselves very family friendly. So I think that's been um, beneficial that you want to be able to bring your kids out and not have to worry if you know their their shirts tucked in or they're wearing the right thing. And we just want them to come out and enjoy the game. So it's been very beneficial. And you know, one of the first things that they've always had kind of that attitude. And when I first took over, that was the first thing everyone says, are you going to change all these, all these things? And I said, you know, I, I'm not. I'm hoping I can make it better for everyone, the experience, because that's what it's about is just having a great experience while you're here. And so the main thing is getting uh, engaging the members. So I've delegated. Um, we have a ladies golf association now. They never had that. We've had uh, many leagues, and I, I've kind of delegated the people that wanted to be involved and let them run with it, and that's been great for the course. So, Rhonda, before we let you go, let our listeners know, how can they follow you, how can they follow the golf course, and, the, and all the things that you're doing, whether it's online or over social media? Um, sure. Uh, Facebook, we're Riverbend Golf Links, and Rhonda Ferguson Golf. And also our website, it's riverbendgolflinks.org and rondafergusongolf.com. And um, my information's on there. I'm always available to answer questions and um, just want people to love and enjoy the game just like I do. 
That's fantastic. Rhonda, thank you so much for taking time out of your night to come on the show. I hope you'll come back and join me again sometime. I had a lot of fun with you tonight. Thanks, Chris. No, I very much enjoy it. I've heard a lot of great things about you, and I appreciate you having me on the show. I appreciate that, too. Rhonda, take care. All the best to you and your family. Look forward to catching up with you again real soon. Great. Thanks, Chris. Have a good one. Take care, Rhonda. Thanks. That is Rhonda Ferguson, and again, you know, you look 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 her up online, Riverbend Golf Links. It's there in Jacksonville, Florida. It looks like a nice track. I've checked it out online. It really looks like they've done some great things there, and the idea that they're going more casual. No tee times, no dress code, just come have fun. Can't, can't get any better than that.